Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Danny Cola, and I'm excited to introduce my next guest on the show, and that is Alexis Robertson. I've only known Alexis now for three months up to this recording, which is September of 2019. For those of you listening in the distant or near future, this is the time I'm recording this. But with the topics that we talk about in this podcast, am I, are we connected to that future self of ours or the past self of ours? Like, how does time function? We think of it as linear, but is it all happening at once? See, and this is where Alexis takes us. She she forces me to think about a lot of the time when we talk about Joe Dispenza and Aubrey Marcus and meditation and becoming balanced and psychedelics. So I'm fascinated by these topics. I'm fascinated in optimization. I'm fascinated in consciousness and in balance. And uh, having someone like Alexis around will trigger you to keep growing in that direction, being you. It's interesting to have somebody like this as a friend. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I know you'll enjoy the podcast. And when you enjoy the podcast, do me a favor and share it with somebody that you like or love. And rate it for me. That'd be great too. And let's connect on Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness. And if you want to reach out to Alexis on Instagram, it's Alexis underscore Robertson. And that's it, everybody. Hey, everybody. Before we get the podcast started, I want to talk about Steel Mace 101, my fitness classes, September 16th, 6 p.m. at Balance Fitness Studio in Oak Park. Check the show notes or check out balanceholisticfitness.com and look for Steel Mace 101 and get your tickets to the class now. If you're interested in trying out the Steel Mace in a class setting, vibing off everybody in the class, then check out the website in the show notes and uh, get your tickets, right? We'll be doing them starting September 16th. Okay, and enjoy the podcast. Well, I was gonna say like I like I like Aubrey a little bit better than I like Tim Ferriss, and like I need to be in an interesting mood for Tim Ferriss. Like Aubrey, like Aubrey, I can listen and it's educational and it's thought provoking, but it's also like extremely entertaining because he goes off on these he just goes in deep deep realms that I mean you know what I'm talking about. And the stoic. Stoic Tim thing. Tim is not as emotional as our rework is yeah. like at all. Although he had a podcast with um, Peter Atia yes. about suicide. Yes. And, like, and psychedelics and, and all that. Like, yeah. I well, loved that podcast. Well, Peter Atia, listen, so we can just like keep riffing if you want. Yeah. You, oh, and you can record. Yeah. I'm, oh, I've been. I've I didn't been, even know. I've been recording. <laughs> I'm, <amazing. Yeah. laughs> I'm there. Okay. Um, so, like, I want to like just shoot from the hip, and this is nothing different than a regular conversation that okay. I have with Alexis Robertson, who is like, in my eyes, you are such a huge connection piece to a, a lot that that yeah. just pertains to me personally in just the, the month, two months. And it's only been two months. Three months that I've known you, Has it right? Been three months. It's been because of Steel Mesa Park. Yes. It's because that happened, and a lot of other things have been happening, and. I don't know, like the whole you attract the people into your yes, life, right? That's so how that's I feel. that's super interesting to me because, like, I uh, quote unquote want to start living in this like quantum realm. That's so funny. I was just thinking about that. Yes. Okay, go on. So like, I'm, um, you know, you you introduced me to Joe Dispenza and 
you know, from Steel Missile Park, Kristen Stafford from Balance kind of yeah. came into my life. Yeah. And I had worked with her prior, like seven years ago. And wow. this was before any sort of like spiritual connection and growth. Yeah. Like my goals back in, in the day, but you know, seven years ago were get this teaching job. Yes. And then teaching job, you retire at 35, dot, dot, 35 dot. years. And then down, dot, dot, and dot. And, and then you die. Right. And then you, <laughs> and then you get Alzheimer's dementia and you slowly go. You to, buy the house, yeah. you have the family, then dot, dot, dot. Life's over. You're done. Exactly. So that was my mindset. And I crossed paths with Kristen then, but there was zero connection. In fact, there was probably judgment on my end, you know? a lot of judgment on a lot of people's end and like in corporate fitness there is a lot of like you versus me how yeah. much money Were am you I bringing in I was, in, I was working at FFC fitness oh, formula clubs yeah so she was really out there she was so well she I don't even know if that was her thing like spiritual growth was her thing yeah then either you know like we crossed paths for a hot second she was there for I think seven I don't know how many years, but she was there. But we were there for like seven months together, and then she had moved on because of the riffraff that corporate fitness brings you. It's like, um, how many hours can you be here every week? You have to hit 40, 50 hours yep. a week. You have to hit a quota every Love month. It. And it's like, wait a minute. I don't want to work this much. I don't need to work this much. I don't want to keep bringing in all this money and all these clients. Like, I only can handle X amount of people. Because, yeah. like, being a trainer, it's very, like... It's an emotional ride. It's uh, an intense ride as far as like energy projection. Like your energy is required for a lot of things to get done yep. in life. And then yep. your energy kind of like Joe Dispenza talks about, it's on your bills, it's on your family, it's on your house, it's on your work, it's on your clients. And now a trainer, you're in your, with your clients and it requires you a lot of energy for a long time. Yeah. And you know, corporate fitness wants to drain you to the T and they don't give a fuck. They just want you to bring in X amount of dollars. So she explained to me that she was tired of that and I'm tired of that. And then even the lady yesterday that I talked to, uh, Emily Hutchins, who's the creator of On Your Mark, came from Crunch Fitness, and the same fucking story. I didn't know you'd overlapped though with um, we over we overlapped. Balance. I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So then going, you know, bringing this back, like I'm on this personal endeavor to bring people uh, a, a way of exercising, this modality of exercising that brings you to equilibrium. Yeah, balance. Right. Brings you to balance. <laughs> Right, and I talked to this Stay, about John. Homeostasis. I talked, yeah, homeostasis. I'll, I'll talk about John in a second. Yeah. But like, uh, uh, you know, I want to bring this this tool, and then from there, like, you attract so many other like-minded individuals. Like, it's out on a public platform. People realize, oh, Steel Mason Park is a is a tool for you become for you to become more at equilibrium. And Kristen was like, oh, this totally aligns. Wait a minute, I'd love for you to bring your classes into my studio, yep. and I and I love that idea. Yeah, I love collaborating. And the second we we met, I found out she was an HLC three, a Paul check, you know. And that's how you know an that HLC. someone's legit. <laughs> they're particularly if they're a three. <laughs> but nobody knows what that is. That's like the equivalent to me of a Princeton alum or a Harvard alum times a million. Like the yeah. the. The way that like an Ivy League or like an upper echelon like uh, degree is perceived in the real world or in this dimension, this 3D dimension, people are like, oh, you're a Michigan alum. Aren't you yeah, a Michigan alum? I am for yeah, law school. For law school, which yeah. is like prestigious on the on the you know yeah. to the high heavens. And even just like talking to you is like, oh my God, wow, you definitely are a Michigan alum. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, like there are people that I come across who have no college education or don't right. have that right. like that uh, identity to cling to that I still have like crazy amazing deep conversations cool. with that are just to go back to the HCL3 thing so 
if I see someone to know who Holistic is, Life Coach Level 3. Yeah, the Holi- Czech Institute. Yeah. The first two levels of um, that certification, my understanding is that it's very more like physiologically based, but the th- level three and four, I think, start getting a lot more Do they have a four? And there's a four. And if you're four, you're like super duper bad at like they're, you're just badass in general that's gonna be, that's but, on my list of things but it just do. indicates that the level of holistic understanding is tremendous so for her to have that yeah totally you know that she's totally she's somebody like, that i want to i want to really i want to collab energies with i yeah. know that sounds i mean I, I gotta get rid of the whole saying this sounds so hippy dippy <laughs> i say it all some, f- might take some years um, I say it all the time. I fucking hate it. Well, we're it. all taught not to freak people out. I do that. I'm like, this might sound a little weird, but here's my yeah. thought. But I was going to say, so when my husband actually texted me, he saw the ad for Steel Mesa mm-hmm. Park. And so that would have been in what? June? May. May, June. May, and I May saw is when it. I started launching it. I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I like went, I think you guys had your website up. Yep. And I went to that and I see this guy, Danny, and I find him on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're going to be friends. We're going to be friends. I was like, he doesn't know me yet, but he's already my friend. Yeah. Like, totally, man. Soul sister. Well, I've been following all the On It stuff, um, you know, which of course you Leo Savage. And there's the only people I knew who did Steel Mains were in Texas, maybe California. Mm-hmm. So for you to come up, in Oak Park, out of all the places you could be, like half mile from my house. <laughs> Some mind blowing stuff. It's yeah. just like, what? Yeah. Well, when I was doing the whole like teaching thing, and I was teaching weight training at high school level, like I was doing a lot of barbells and dumbbells, just like yeah. the corporate fitness stuff that I got yeah, into. That's what I knew. You know, body part splits, full body, different types of also like um, sports performance type things, agility, plyometric based things, and uh, sprinting and. Uh, recovery for for athletes I was really interested in the kettlebell and then you know from yeah. the kettlebell you tie it with Marcus Martinez primal soldier yep. uh, Eric Leha right um, John Wolf is another yeah, guy from on it that yep. everybody like goes to it's like oh John Wolf Shane Hines are the two guys at on it that are really teaching the people that are sprouting from there so like yeah. Eric is only you know, 26 years old, and he's been around these guys for such a long time, and his brother Juan, who's another strength and conditioning coach, like, he's learned so much from them, and then I saw that uh, he was doing a workshop in Chicago, and the Chicago-based workshop was literally out in Bufu by, by Carol Stream, right? Yep, west <laughs> West Chicago sounds like, oh, it's in Chicago, but West Chicago is like an hour and 20 minutes from the city. Yeah. So I go out there, I do the, the workshop, I meet them, I meet all these guys, I meet the guys from MSP, Midwest Strength mm-hmm. and Performance, right? And those guys are all in on steel mace, kettlebells, clubs, body weight, and I was like, I was all into the kettlebells. I was like, what is, steel what is the steel mace? What What's this? the steel mace shit? <laughs> you know? What What's Viking that? Ninja? What is that? I didn't understand all this stuff. You know, like, I'm like, what? Why? What? What is that? And I, it took me a long time to kind of, like, really get a grasp of the unconventional, like, method. And I'm still learning and I'm still going. And I fucking love it. And it's taking me to another level. But, like, you want to talk about attracting the right people in your life. That's right. You know, like, that's it right there. And you collaborate. And I had podcasts with every single MSP owner. From there, like, relationships start growing. And then I'm starting to think to myself, I'm like, why don't I do this stuff? Yeah. Like, why don't I, like, why don't I get when this? was that? That was um, June 2018. Oh my gosh, that's not very long. <laughs> no, it's not at all. So like I'm in, I'm in this like teaching realm, and then I finally got so like in 2018, 
it took me three years into my teaching career to get the school of my dreams, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. And when I get there, I realize over time, I'm like, wait a minute, this is still a corporate ass environment. That's not your path. I can't talk about cannabis. Yeah. I can't talk about psychedelics the way mm-hmm. I want to, um, without coming off too strong yes. or whatever. Like even if you say the word psychedelic or cannabis and you're a teacher, it's like, oh. No, yeah, not in school. To, you, to you, young you, minds. You can't what do are you that? doing? And not that I would talk about that with kids, but kids have questions. They see shit on the internet. There's information yeah. about how there is benefit. So like, where? How do we like talk about this without pissing people off? Like, mm-hmm. where are the boundaries? Where are the parameters? Well, right. And even in that role, if you did the job, could you be yourself outside of school? Because yeah. the kid's going to get your podcast at some point and be like, here's our teacher, Danny, doing blah, or yeah, Mr. Ex- Cola. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. C, right? Yeah. And that's and that was a lot of my, like, you want to talk about fear-based thinking? Like, it still isn't in me. Yeah. It's a little bit in me. So I, I want, I, I gave the analogy to my wife the other day. I was like, I feel like I'm gay and I'm, I want to come out and yeah. say it, but I'm afraid to. Like, it's that type of, like, suppressing to me almost. And, like, I just want to talk about these things that I feel like you can't ignore. Yeah. We just can't ignore it. And part part of the reason why I can't stay put in a teaching position is because I'm not going to just say yes all the time. Yeah. And I'm not going to just follow the leader and follow the same vanilla-ass curriculum. Like, no, 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 no. Times are changing. People yeah, are kids changing. Don't, we don't grow up to work in factories anymore. But this, and, and that's also part of the problem is that uh-huh. the school and the education system, academia, is building these factory workers. It's, for, it's like a 1950s model of education yeah. still. Yeah, and if you say, hey, let's let's change shit up, uh-uh, we don't want you in our system, get the fuck out. Basically, it's easier to fire you, not keep you, than to, to keep you. Yep. So like, there's this four or five year period that teachers have to go through in order to be safe from their job. Yeah, basically get tenure. Get after. tenure, and then you cannot yeah. get fired. For anything. For anything. At all. So, okay, here, here's, a, here's a question, and you're super smart. If you can get caught with cocaine, because there are teachers in Oak Park that have gotten caught with cocaine in their, you know, whatever, in their car, and they've gotten pulled over. I think that was the exact thing, right? A teacher got pulled over with an amphetamine drug yeah. in their car, and they still were able to keep their job, right? Yep. Okay, so if that is the spectrum, boom, you cannot get fired when you get caught with cocaine. Then where, like, how much further can you like say stuff and keep your job? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, there are so many people that are living in fear based on keeping their job. Why not talk about X, Y, and Z that's pissing you off and and liberate yourself? Talk about what other teachers might be thinking about that are afraid to say. Yeah. Right. And still keep your job. Fuck it. I never got to the point where I can stay tenured and be free and start yes. riffing. I never got there. Well, nobody wants to ruffle or like ruffle any feathers or shake up the system. So you kind of put your head down. You get your tenure. Back to the... You just don't do anything to shake up anything. Because no one wants... I mean, in these suburban schools, you're being paid quite well. So you have those jobs and just don't do anything else in life. <laughs> just don't, don't do anything that, would, that might affect that. Okay, so then, and then you know you're right. Like, and then that, that's 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 where I get a little afraid. And it's like, how long can you live that way without something negative manifesting? That's right. Right? Like, how long can you stay quiet for and not be your true yeah. self? Well, what you're so in a way you're just kind of segueing into the suppression of one's truth, which is obviously much broader than just like being a teacher or not. I mean, that's right. we're going to something way this more way more deep. universal than yes. that, right? Yeah, which yeah. is can you be anything other than what you are? And if you manage, what's the price you're going to pay other than like, and maybe 
at best, if you're anything other than who you are, you will just have severe death bed results, like regrets. That's that's the best thing that can happen. Best thing. That's the best. That's the best case is that, scenario. Is that worth retirement and the, worst, the safety the net? The worst that? case scenario, depending on how you view the, the world or the universe, is a lot of bad things are going to happen to you to keep trying to push you to who you're supposed to be, to where you're supposed to be. And the more you ignore it, the worse they're actually going to get until hopefully <laughs> it's undeniable. So you'll have, you'll have a lot of people like that's why people turn their, um, you know, their, their stories into their profession or their pain into mm -hmm. their, their, their mm -hmm. meaning. But mm -hmm. a lot of times horrible things happen and you're like, Oh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I'm so happy I was laid off. It was right. terrible. We were homeless for three years. Right. But I wouldn't be where I am today. But exactly. like life will step in and make you do what you're supposed to be doing. So like that brings it back. Like the school system builds these factory workers, right? And they go get a college degree and they get this job and they work this job until they retire. And then after that, like what, you know, what happens with it? But like look at the state of society now. Like mental yeah. health issues are oh my at all-time okay. so high. That. So that is me in a lot of ways, right? So you mentioned I went to law school. So I went to college. I went to law school. I did all the work to be like, I need to go to, I need to go to a top 10 law school so I can go to a top law firm so I can make, you know, a significant amount of money because yeah. I'll have these student loans. And then yeah. in a law firm, I will become a partner and I will make even more money. That's and then your plan. dot, 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 and then I'll die. <laughs> and if I don't become a partner, I will go to a large company and I will be an in-house lawyer and I'll make a little bit less money, but still a lot of money. And then dot, 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 then I'll die. Like, so that was this was like, plan. that was your plan growing up? That was my like, plan. High school and the college. And, and, and I have split personalities like part of me is very artistic and part, like my dad's uh artist and my mom's a lawyer but she never practiced law and i was super into photography and theater so i could have gone that way but i was like no we got to do the thing that pays like mm. going to law school yes so i do that i join the top firm like the biggest firm in well by revenue now in the world <laughs> but in congratulations Chicago. right no this was seven no this was 10 11 years ago i practiced there for six years i have i have both my kids my husband goes back to business school. I leave. I go to another firm where I decided to be labor and employment lawyer because I wanted to do that, but I hadn't been doing it. And then after seven and a half years of practice, I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. Which for me, fortunately, my identity wasn't totally wrapped up in that. But it was really hard. It's like scary to be like, I've been making this amount of money. And I went to be a legal recruiter. And legal recruiters get paid a lot like real estate agents, meaning like you make money if you're if you're working if you're making houses, making the sales yeah sure if you're placing people totally. so to look at my husband and be like so I might make like nothing at first like there was a base that was serviceable but it was a huge change but yeah I did it because that being a lawyer wasn't who I was and things were getting difficult like I had a really difficult partner that I worked with that in retrospect I'm grateful for because now not when you say him, difficult you mean like a, there was like negative manifestations coming from that. Yeah. As so, in, like, you weren't healthy, like, you didn't feel healthy. So, I, a couple things. So, I got what I wanted. I thought I always wanted to be a labor and employment lawyer. I got that. But I ended up in a bit of, like, political situation in the firm, working for a partner who was not easy to work with. Mm -hmm. um, but was a tremendous lawyer. I learned a ton. But him being difficult, him making my day-to-day -day difficult made me hurry up and choose. Like, I really had to be like, do you like what you're doing? Do you want to stay a lawyer or should you be doing something else? What if that partner was super easygoing? Exactly. I right? might still be an attorney. What if I was working at a school that was accepting of the way that I was, my personality was? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, that, that could, ha that could yes. be like one yes. of the infinite possibilities. Back to the whole like your hardship is what, you know, your value, what yeah. you like really value later. 
one could argue if not for him, I might still be at a law firm. Like, I don't even know if I'd know you right. Like, I wouldn't right. know you right, right. now. Right, no I way. I wouldn't be working out. I'd be filling out. Right. It's <laughs> like, what are we talking yeah. about? But so I made the decision to leave practice, which was like a huge thing at the time financially. And it's just like, oh my God, why did I spend three years going to law school and crazy amounts of student loans to like not be an attorney? Dude, that leap is so fun. Yeah, so I did that and it was great and I was still like in the legal world and I did that for a couple of years and now I have my current job which is still in the legal field but I don't practice and it, it's been a world of difference because I started putting myself first and I yeah I have two kids my kids are six and eight and I have a husband but like I'm no longer negotiable in the way I used to be like I was totally negotiable as a human mm. like I could be last I could put 18 people in front of me like now I don't do that anymore you can't no it's not sustainable no. long term. No. You're just going to th- u- utilize way too much energy. Yeah. Like, and it, over time, like, you just you don't manage the energy output. That's when and sickness... Energy, and here's the thing. You will lose every time to someone who likes what they're doing. Every single time. So if there's people who really like practicing as lawyers, every time they will do better than me because it's fun for them. Yeah. Like, it's not, if you don't, and it sounds so cliche, or at like, least do they're what you pro- love. They're at least they're programmed to think that they're loving Perhaps, every But aspect. I do think there are certain people who, like, just keep picking on the law, who legitimately like, like, I worked with people who, like, get off on editing briefs at 2 a.m., right? Where I'm like, dude, I don't care that, I don't care that there's a comma missing, like, let's just file it. They're, like, nerding out of, they're people who legit like it. And if you put me up against one of those, it, for me to grind it out and the hardship, like, I'll lose every time. So I need to... You need to find something that you do sort of enjoy, which sounds super cliche and like a little bit privileged, right? Because there's other people that are like, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to pay to kick, like have a place to live. Mm-hmm. But if you're pay at, student loans, yeah, off. right. But if you're at all able to do something that you're good at and you enjoy, you're gonna excel at it because you're gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. The person who's nerding out, like for you, like what you do now, you'd be doing this anyway. Yeah. That makes you better at it than the totally. person who's just like, well, I better go learn more about Steel Mace. I kind of hate yeah. it, but let me go learn more. Well, you know what I realized, though? Like, high school teacher wasn't, like, an identity that I was attached with. Yeah. But what I did find is that when I was teaching, I'm in flow. I'm, yeah. like, the best version of me. Like, it's yeah. it's challenging enough where I'm still, like, I'm on my toes, but at the same time, like, it's so blissful because this is an yeah. interesting way where I know that I'm shining a light and people are kind of, like, grasping the attention and I like the attention I like well, that well it's tapping into your skill set um, and it was funny because you told me a couple weeks ago how you don't like public speaking like freaks you out a little yeah, bit and I'm, I'm like what have you been doing the past same. few years yeah. if it's not public speaking <laughs> it's exactly that that's what you've been yeah, doing that's what I've been doing so it's been it's been like your training ground yeah but it's also letting you learn your strengths yeah for sure and you're still teaching yes and, and that's it like, I can teach on so many venues so yes. many avenues like the podcast is a form of teaching, yeah. right? Like coaching is a form of teaching, yeah. whether I'm coaching on the field or in the gym or whatever sport it is. Training people is a form of teaching. Doing group classes is a form of teaching. When I was teaching health and driver's ed and yep, whatever, teaching. and gym. You're teaching all the things, it's, by the way. Ex- exactly. I'm teaching all things life-related <laughs> yes. from my unique point yeah. of view and where I want to try to get information from and challenge my thought process and challenge the way that I go about things. Like yep. today's class, you know, we just got done with the Steel Mace 101. It was a completely different style of class than what I've been doing. Like, com- like different versions of exercises, different yep. times, different sequences. Like I always try to challenge the way I'm doing things, yeah. but still an effective way to get something across and make people feel Which good. Which is and interesting because you just said I realized that high school teacher wasn't a part of my identity. 
but really what you're saying, you're like, teacher is a part teacher of Teacher is. Family. It's in my DNA. The high school part is The high school part whatever. is irrelevant. Like, yes. it, it could be in, in that in that uh, structure. And you know what that does? That provided that safety net. Yeah. I was listening, yes. I was listening yes. back to my first ever podcast with, with Sabri, one yeah. of my dear oh. friends who I hold in my fucking heart forever. I don't care. Like, he was the best man at my wedding. We were in preschool together. We, we created a band together. We wrote music. We impacted each other yeah. so much. And, like, without him, I wouldn't be on this journey of doing mm-hmm. the podcast. Like, he was really, like, a, a key factor for this. And I talked about how, like, you know, I, I just so happened to achieve that goal of getting the teaching job. That was my dream job, quote unquote, mm-hmm. where I can retire. And then from there, what happened? I had, you know, a really, really hard inclination to do something different and new. And that was the podcast. Yeah. And, it, and from there, like so many other things started to sprout. You know, so like I was teaching, but then again, like there was a safety net there. And that's yes. what I was going back towards. Like you get the retirement, you get a consistent paycheck, you know, you work from, you know, seven or eight to four yep. and I can coach. And But you know what? In that came a lot of like uncertainty and a lot of uncomfortability with the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And like I was afraid, again, to say things and do certain things in a certain way to where I was like, wait a minute, could I get in trouble for just being a little too authentic here and talking about the things that I want to talk about. Like in health, we talk about drug awareness. Yep. We talk about sex. Yep. And what, you know, my department chair was like, we teach abstinence here. <gasps> they, are you serious? I'm serious. No. We teach abstinence. We talk about what happens when we do X, Y, and Z, but primarily we our goal is to teach abstinence. And my, my first I thing found was that, like, that's in here? That's in Chicago. I find that. In Oak Park? No, it was oh, uh, it was in Norwich. You almost convinced me I need to move. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, uh, no, Oak Park's curriculum is a little bit more. I hope it's more progressive. A little bit more liberal, progressive, yeah. but at the same time, it's like. I still can't believe that's happening in Chicago, though, in general. Oh yeah, and I, I think it was this particular d- department chair who was very conservative. It's and really messed up. So like, in my eyes, it's like, well. Okay, abstinence is an approach, but we're talking about a human inclination here, and we yes. need to be real with what sex is. Well, because can I say I went, I went to apparently an outrageously progressive school? I grew up in Wisconsin, right outside Milwaukee, like the suburb north, northern suburbs of Milwaukee. Wauwatosa. It wasn't Wauwatosa. <laughs> um, I lived in I lived in Glendale, which is near like Shorewood and Whitefish Bay. For anyone who Glendale doesn't Glendale, sound like uh, Indian based name. Yeah, it's not Native American not. based name. But um, it's actually Wisconsin. like a mini version of like you know, there's like the North Shore of Chicago, sure. the North Shore of Milwaukee. Okay. But really progressive sex ed. And I remember in high school, every other year, the lady would come with the slides, mm-hmm. right? So, like, not only did the class have you learning, like, discharges from different types of, you know, at the time, STDs, I guess, yeah. or STIs now, but the slide lady would come and it would be a slideshow of STDs. Graphic. And she, so graphic. Plus. But, she, but she would be like, <laughs> if it looks like this, don't touch it. <laughs> What's her takeaway? And here I am, many, many, many years later, and I remember. You are scarred for life. <laughs> so uh, now, just like think about when I was teaching health at Oak Park, we did yeah. have like a doctor come in and then talk a little bit more in depth about sex. Yeah. And uh, you know, in movies, you see like how to put a condom on and what they do with a banana yeah. and a condom. Yeah. So. Because we're really sensitive now, we can't actually do the whole condom and banana thing. But the way this this doctor came in and did it was hilarious. So all the all the the, the health 
classes from the one period would meet in like the lecture hall yeah. that was in one of the rooms and this teacher would come in or this doctor would come in and she would talk about protection and and abstinence and different forms of protection but when we talk about male condoms she asked one of the teachers to come up here up to the, the front of the what? room what oh my god yeah, so where's was, this going i was one of the teachers okay. right and she goes we can't show you how to put a condom on because today's day and age, we can't do that legally for whatever reason. But here's what we're going to do. Here's a sock, right? And she had one of the teachers come up and bring their arm up at 90 oh, degrees. and put a sock on. And then they put the sock on the, the teacher's arm. And it was putting a sock on somebody's stiff arm. Oh, my God. And we... We did it, and I was the one. I, I went up there, you were the and arm. she put my you arm up, sock. and she put the sock on my arm, and they even like put enough like room up at the tip the, of the sock. Your tip of your sock tip. needs some space. In so it. we used different words, yeah, different terminologies, and this was the way we got the information across. But like that's a loophole, right? right? We're using different words, we're using different terminology, but the same thing is. But like you know, I guess it's just a little bit more of a friendly way to teach it. And yeah. like to like put that information feels, in front of it people. It feels less graphic. You're putting yeah. socks on every day, yeah. but you're just teaching if, me. I'm gonna have to talk to my boys early and teach them. Yeah. Apparently, how to do this without. Yeah. And this was <laughs> and this was like boys and girls and the same thing. And yeah. I'm up there. I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, this is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna yeah. do. Like, oh, whatever. You know, it's a way to like communicate in. Uh, I guess in a. Um, like you said, non-graphic, a little bit more right. appropriate, digestible way to right. like put related. But meanwhile. All these kids have access to, honestly, some of the most graphic things you've ever seen. Whatever you want. Are probably just on their phone. But we're over here in school being like, here's my arm, here's a sock. Let's let's pretend like you're never exposed to anything at 16 or 15. But then in my other school, like, we're talking about abstinence, and this is what we're preaching. But then again, like, where I didn't fit is where it's like, wait a minute, we're human, these are natural urges, yes. and I want to come from this yes. like perspective. Let's yes. talk a little bit about the urges that we're naturally going to have that actually are okay. Yes. But let's be freaking mindful of what we're doing, and let's be safe about what I we're like doing. You, I don't even know how far on this rabbit hole I'd want to go, but you're just like the levels of suppression and denial and shame that you're kind of inculcating and like even if it's not coming from their home, it's not coming from their school. Mm-hmm. And it's not just sex ed, but it's like so many things Everything. that we do that. We talk our... about race. We talk about culture. We talk about food. We talk about meditation. Have so many things. Look, we have to be literally careful on how we word things. But like, I couldn't even imagine like being a history teacher or like a government teacher raising this like political crap that goes on. And like... Yeah picking sides and tribalism and how do we talk about how do we pick sides and how we're inspired and how we take in information and how we side with one thing versus another how do we talk about cultural upbringing right right how does that play a role yeah right how do we talk about these things without getting too upset like this stuff that needs to be navigated and talk about like we're never going to get there and then purging all emotion from it yeah in those in those forms it's this is supposed to be very sterile and unemotional and you're getting into things that are really important to learn and talk about and that are going to be emotional yeah how do we detach from it and yeah how do we detach from it how That's do like we the goal right how Detachment. do we but again like at least for the love of god let's bring these topics up and have a civil conversation between adults and if we yeah. can't do that and administrators are like well we're gonna just do this because it's the safer way 
is it the best intention for our, our future? Right. Is it the best way to relay information? And this is where the disconnect between my personal teaching styles and the system kind of like... Well, don't you think for those administrators, the system in many ways is mirroring their own development or even like their level of consciousness? Do you get what it like? Yeah. Because that's what the system is. It's a reflection of that. It's not very... That's why it's not very far along. Right. And it's not authentic at, at all. It's yeah. just... It's it's a, the basic... It's the most basic form of information that's out there. And if we're not teaching our kids to seek out higher levels of knowledge and higher levels of information, what you're going to get is what the system gives you, and that's basic-ass information. Yeah. That's why we're yeah. doing podcasts. That's why Ooh. this stuff is a little bit more this prevalent is, in today's day and age. This comes up for me sometimes in the work context, too, but what I find so funny is people who don't want to recognize the world that we live in and the access to information we have, and you're just like, okay, we could not talk about that, but these kids have the internet. Yeah. And the same thing goes for anything in life. Like, you can either do a good job at it or do, like, the politically correct or the safe or whatever feels like sort of I mean I don't even know the right word yeah the safe way but if you do it wrong people have the internet <laughs> exactly and their kids are smart as fuck okay so like here's an example a kid come up to me and I like talking about deeper things as far as consciousness like yeah like Mr. C I don't know about college I don't know about this I don't know about that but like, you know what, dude? You just gotta look inside. Like, what do you truly love to do? Yeah. Like, what do you really? What get, What like? What lights you on fire? A, a, a saying that I like to say a lot is like, how can you? Like, how do you feel on Saturday morning, for example? Like, because these kids would come in Monday lethargic as fuck, and we're doing yep. racket sports. And it's like, oh, it's but it's, cool. mo- it's but it's Monday. Monday. <laughs> so like now they're programming themselves yes, to think Mondays Monday suck. No suck yeah. When it's all just a state of inter- eternal now, yeah. right? So like my thing. Oh, was, I love that you said that. Yeah, yeah. my state of eternal now, which yeah. is we can go back to the quantum realm and navigating that, which, which we is need to talk which about. we will, which yeah. we will. Okay. But like the whole like, it's Monday. I don't want to do shit, Mr. C. It's like all right, let's get moving. Let's get work. Let's get moving. Let's get our blood flow. Let's get our brain going. Let's. Yeah. Let me ask you this: What's gonna fire you up to live every day like Saturday? Your metaphorical Saturday, yeah. right? Think about that and go along those lines. So then they, they think, wow, Mr. C, you're really deep. And then they go, you're probably someone that knows a ton about DMT. What are your, <laughs> no. what are your thoughts? The they go straight there. There are some kids wow. who are super philosophical and be like, wow, you're really philosophical. What are your thoughts on DMT? Like, first off, how do you know about DMT? Yeah. Number two, there are probably five out of 300 teachers in this building that even know what the fuck dimethyltryptamine is and these tryptamine-based drugs and where they come from. Like, how do we navigate this now? Right. You know what I'm saying? They tuned into you, though, to ask. Exactly. (laughs) So, like, they know about it. How can somebody who wants to be the best version of themselves as far as, like, an educator ignore these things? Right. If kids are talking about it, we have to be, as adults, educated on these topics and talk about them with the... That comes up. So I mentioned before, my kids are six and eight. Um, I took my now eight-year-old to like a first grade sex ed thing through mm-hmm. the local Unitarian mm-hmm. temple. Interesting. Which, okay. which is, I'm not a traditionally religious person, which is why the Unitarian thing is more attractive to me. I don't go anymore. But anyway, so we went and they had a class for the parents first. Because it's just like, we're going to be teaching them things and these kids are going to come home with questions. Where are you in this? And what I thought was not surprising, but still interesting to have confirmed so many issues of, like so many parents have so many issues and you project all that shit onto your kid totally so the parents totally. so they like one of the questions was like what was your household's view on sex like how did you grow up and it was just amazing to me that people couldn't see like whatever baggage you have you're just like giving that directly to your child oh. so you either need to deal with that now 
and I don't even know why I raised that, but something you said made me think of it, but we do that all the time. Like whatever we have, we project it onto other people and mm -hmm. we assume it's their stuff, but it's actually- It's our stuff. Our stuff, and it's a thousand times worse with your kids. Like, wow, that, but that's that's super important because I see that a lot. I see parents project their shit onto their kids, and particularly I'm like, in sports. With you working with so many kids in sports, even when absolutely. even when I like teach exercise classes with kids, like if something's hard, they want to give up right away, and they don't want to keep going, and they get discouraged. Where does that from? That stems from the household. They're seeing that somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So so then the next question is, like, what parents are actually mature enough to admit that? and start to really dig deep and, yeah. be, be, and be better. Because yes. there's a lot of denial. There's like, no, I'm not like that. And like, as somebody who sees it, right, from another yeah. perspective, how do you raise that question to the parents? Right, how do you have a parent-teacher oh, conference? Too far. Yeah, you've gone too far. Too far, <laughs> too you're far. stepping on too many toes. Because now them. you're telling me how to parent? No, 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 no. All I want to do is bring up the you awareness say, you're like, here. So uh, I see that Daniel's your son. Um, could we talk about the childhood trauma that you encountered that caused you to be such a quitter that makes him that way now? <laughs> oh, shit. See now, this is where this is where like I sorry. no, this is not this is not being. Don't be sorry because this is kidding. this is exactly where like the disconnect is, and this is how deep I tend to want to go. With, and I have no, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. I just simply genuinely want to have the conversation. Yes. Really. And like it's too deep for some people, and yeah. there's my disconnect with the system, and where like that's how far yes. away the system is as far as like yeah. advancement. And look at the problem that we have: depression, anxiety, these issues, obesity, lack of sleep, yep. distraction, yep. The, the the attention that this device has, yep. and then also like the discipline that parents need to instill in their kids in screen time in like proper sleep in proper reflection how are they utilizing their motor skills their cognitive skills their communication skills like all oh, this is a yep. factor that goes under the under the rug yep it doesn't even get understood it doesn't even re people don't even realize and i don't want to tell people how to parent i'm not a parent yep. i don't want to and go that's the first thing they'll shake yeah down you're not a parent so you, you don't, don't understand so like about. i don't and i want to be the first to understand that but at the same time like when people go to therapy and when they do realize they're Shit. Where does Paul Check say ninety nine percent of the shit comes from? When childhood. they're when they're when, from childhood, yeah. right? And it comes from parents being unaware. Yeah. And like I, I guess I well, it's self awareness, right? Because it's yeah. not just in your relationship with your kids; it's also in your relationship with other people. It's your relationship with yourself. With everything. And um, I know you talk about consciousness a lot, but a lot of like my definition of consciousness is your ability to make the stuff that's otherwise unconscious, your programming, have mm -hmm. some awareness of it and question it, right? And then have that like that viewpoint as the observer who, see, who can more so see what you're doing and then question it. But there's so much that we do that's just autopilot that you don't even know you're doing. Subconsciously doing yeah. the things that you're programmed to do. Yeah, yeah. And your willingness to look at it, to admit it, to engage on it. I don't feel like just with my kids, for example, my husband was like sports guy, like varsity, mm -hmm. varsity in four different sports in high school. Mm -hmm. I was like the fat kid growing up. You were? I, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll find pictures for you later. Interesting. <laughs> I did soccer freshman year but it turns out if you didn't start playing soccer at five you don't play soccer beyond freshman year of high school if you, if you're not serious because you're it. terrible at yeah, it yeah 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 but i started at five and there you still go. play there you go know? so my parents didn't enroll me in anything and I, they just had more of like a laissez-faire like she's gonna do what she's into and that yeah. was fine by me but i have that same view with my kids in a lot of way so sam will be like why don't you want to go watch our son play hockey or soccer and i'm like 
eh, I'm not so interested. If he really likes it, that's cool. Mm. But our outlooks on life are very different. But I'm aware of that and we talk about it. Yeah, huge. And I'll say it's because in my life I saw this as something like if my kid wants to do something, they need to come and tell me and tell me when the registration deadline yeah. is. So I can get them registered. going. I'm not the parent who's proactively like, well, he's three. What? That's just not how. But I know it's my, my lived experience, but like raising your awareness of that. And I question it a little. It's so hard. It's hard. But it's I'm hard. working on it. It's hard. <laughs> but you know, this goes back to what Joe Dispenza talks about, how we're addicted to the emotions yes. that we keep yes. wanting. Even if it's a negative one, we're yes. addicted to feeling that and way. it's your identity. And it's your identity. Yep. And then guess what? You project it out into your environment, and yep. then your environment becomes that. That's right. Right? That's right. So then his whole shtick is how do we reverse it? To where we choose our emotion, yeah. to where that, that emotion becomes the way we think, or vice versa, the way we think becomes the way we, th- we feel about things, yeah. and then that emotion has like a genetic expression that's has passed a on. Has yeah. A, yeah, an energetic signature. That, that gets yeah. expressed into the environment, and then yeah. starts to manipulate the environment around you based on how you're feeling, Yeah. right? So let's transition and talk about that quantum state, yeah. right? Yeah, Joe Spenza, I love that guy. My goodness, <laughs> okay. you, like, a month ago, have opened up a world yeah. of craziness to me, okay? Because now I'm, I'm fixated on mapping out this state, opening up the door to the upper room, as Paul Selig yep. will say, I am yep. in the upper room, I am free, yeah, I am free, free. <laughs> I am free. Don't you, know, don't you know that this is for you? To the degree that you are. You know, like, what the fuck is this whisper and repeat thing? It's creepy. And if no one knows what we're talking about, we're talking about Paul Selig's. Uh, he's a channel. He, he's a channel. So he attunes to he he, he uh, attuning to a higher frequency into the upper realm. And he's like, I have. I like, I just tune myself, and I'm like an antenna that's taking. And he gets in, messages yeah, from, he these, gets, from these. I don't even know. Gu- what he calls, he calls them guides. 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 And the thing is, it's super crazy, and and it's a little bit creepy. But the things the guides say, they say it, and you're like. Oh, yeah. That oh, makes yeah. Sense. That makes a ton of sense, right? So, like, I think, and this is where, like, I go, like, where he gets his information from, where he, so unquote, quote, unquote, channels from, where, where Joe Dispenza is talking about this quantum realm. Yeah. Uh, and then where, like, other people talk about plant medicines and the psychedelic yeah. realm. I think that's so all, like... So, here's where we're going to get super nerdy and super probably really muddled, but I'm going to separate the quantum realm from discussions about consciousness and like the source of consciousness. Really? And I'm gonna not do this service, but what I will say for Joe Dispenza, what I love, I have a lot of interests in science in general, right? Mm-hmm. So like physics, quantum physics, mm-hmm. like picked up some of those books, at mm-hmm. least like the quantum physics for dummies version. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've come to understand that I will not do a good job explaining is how there's a split between Newtonian physics, what right. I will call 3D world, what I, what I'll call big physics, like the bigger stuff, like right. when we're like looking out into the universe. What and we, we know really that, know. Yeah, a star explodes at this rate, yeah. and we, you know, and like and like Isaac Newton, like that's right. Newtonian right. physics, right. like right, right, right. his, you know, the three the three laws. But then you have quantum physics, which right? we know shit about. But so let's just call it, in my view, I think, but it's like the super small. The really tiny, super small stuff at the quantum level, microscopic, tiny stuff, there is a disconnect between what I will now call big physics and little physics. Like, there's in the scientific community, there's, there's nobody huge. has reconciled Newtonian physics with quantum physics. There's not a unified theory of both, but we know they both exist. And 
we know this because, yeah, like, you can go do your Newton's laws and be like, oh, object in motion stays in motion. If there's no, you know, outside force, great. Mm -hmm. And then when we look at stuff on the subatomic level, we can be like, oh, that's weird. Stuff this appears and disappears and exactly. appears and disappears. Exactly. It's like, wait, what? Both things that are well documented, but not, we can't reconcile them. Okay? They're not unified. Yeah. So that's the setup. So I'm reading um, Joe Dispenza's latest book, Becoming Superhuman. Dude unifies them. Hold on, time out. So there's Becoming Supernatural? So Sorry, Becoming it, Supernatural. Sorry. The, the one you gave me. The one I gave you. That's his most recent You have one. another copy of that? No, but just like oh, when I first yeah, read it yeah, yeah. Um, this past fall. And I'm going to, you know, like you say, we have a lot of caveats. But once again, others should go read this and don't rely on how I say it. But what he basically says is you get to choose. You get to choose whether you live in a Newtonian world or a quantum world. But all the quantum stuff is undeniable. We know that humans have energetic signatures that influence one another. We know that people That's a like, real thing. That people, like, literally there's, like, an energetic field that goes about eight feet from your heart. And you will start syncing up your heart. But, like, there's all this really, really neat stuff that I yeah. can't even begin to dissect. But if you choose to live in a quantum world, which, once again, I sound kind of out there, mm -hmm. the notion that your thoughts... And he also brings a ton of science, like mm -hmm. he'll like and brain scans from yeah. the meditations yeah. and the Which workshops. Because yeah. he takes that stuff that back to you being like, "Oh, this is woo woo." He takes it and is like, "Well, if we dig into hardcore quantum physics, this makes sense." He acknowledges that data is like what people love. Yeah. And if he figured out a way to like show this on paper, people that are skeptic will be like, "Oh, okay. Well, at least give it some yeah. sort of time." To, yeah. to dissect, you know? Yeah. So just the thought that, like, I don't know, what was the one example? It's like water. You know, if you, like, speak angry thoughts to water and channel negative emotion to water, its actual molecular structure will be, like, jagged and, like, mm -hmm. reflect the state of the emotion that was sent to it. And if it's, like, positive, it'll be structured and pretty and better for you. But the notion that your thoughts, your energetic field can affect what's going on in the world... There was once a time I'd be like, okay, that sounds like pretty, pretty what bananas. Is this? this is like uh, Hogwarts or yeah. Harry but Potter. But the more I read, the more I'm like, not only is there scientific basis, but let's be like, even if there wasn't, it just fucking makes sense. Right. Like, if you have a choice between super negative or and staying in the negativity of your past or breaking that and focusing on your your like positive current state mm -hmm. and envisioning a positive future. Let's see who's going to turn out better. Right. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. Like this is exactly what I talked about with Emily Hutchins yeah. yesterday. Like we talked exactly about how she basically was like, I, like I'm not a sales. She goes, I'm not a salesman. I don't want to do the whole salesy thing. I strongly believe if you put in a good product and train the people like how you're supposed to, people are just going to be there. People are yeah. going to come and guess what? You keep doing this with like a natural loving intention. You build some shit that's yeah. crazy. And next yeah. thing you know, like she has three... 8,000 square foot gyms that are beautiful yeah. for sports performance and movement and functional movement patterns and all that. And like, that's it right there. A positive outlook, a loving intention yeah. to help people. Boom, you manifest this. It's yep. the same fucking type yes. of shit, even though she's not saying, well, I'm navigating the quantum exactly. realm. She's not like, I'm just surfing the quantum field. Right. She's just like, I'm being a positive person, doing everything that I need to do with a loving intent and what I truly feel passionate about, helping other people with this way yeah. of exercising and movement. Well, for and a lot of people, that's a need. That's just who they are. That's right. how they operate. If they hear it broken down scientifically, they're like, whatever, I don't yeah. really care. For other people, they need the science to change sure. their viewpoint. Sure. Um, because everyone starts in a different place. Yeah. Right? Everyone, 
you know, I didn't ask to be, be born of two extremely loving humans, yep. right? That brought me up. And I honestly have, like, I never had any crazy hardship growing up. I had two amazing parents, which I can't, like, talk more about. They instilled so much confidence in me. Yeah. And, and, like, just, like, Denny, Denny, do what you want to do, okay? <laughs> if you don't want to play soccer, don't play soccer. If you want to do this, do Like, I was in a band. I wrote music. I Like, I did the things that I really fucking wanted to do. And I naturally have these leadership abilities. And as I've gotten older, it's like okay, I'm kind of, like, free to do the things that I want to do because, like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy. Like, yeah. everything has aligned up for me from the bottom. Like, a lot of safety, a lot of love, a lot of self-esteem, a lot yep. of pushing me in that direction to do my thing to become self-actualized. Yep. And now that I'm just, like, still trying to navigate that and find that and what is self-actualization, how do I find full potential? And there's so many different connecting viewpoints here with Paul Selig and Aubrey and, yeah. and, and on it and movement patterns and balance and what Joe Dispenda is talking about with yep. quantum physics or quantum state and what Paul Check talks about with with his practicing and like I'm putting all the and psychedelics and I'm trying yep. to put all this together and be like how does this relate to consciousness how does this relate to making a reality that's actually something that you manifest that yep. you truly want for you and how do you attract the right people yep. into your life and all this stuff so like that's where I go. Yeah. I start to think deeply about how can I put my two cents on all this and map this out so that any average person can take my principles of movement and balance and breathing and quantum state and manifest the shit that yeah. they want to manifest. Which is, which is amazing and admirable and something the world needs. And then at the same time, I actually find it a little bit... Hilarious, not in a way to not to minimize what you're no, doing. No, not at all. But we have all this stuff that like we find super supportive and we like and is interesting and like it feels really complicated. It actually like at a point feels super complicated. I get so distracted you're, like, and because you like work on your mental health and your spiritual health and your physical health and your nutrition and your sleep and it sounds like so much, right? But I was just thinking about this, so I just finished and I'm reading it again or listening to it again. Eckhart Tolle's Eckhart The Tolle. Power of Now. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's actually it's all super simple and the like just be present mm -hmm. and be thankful for where you are. And if you manage that, the rest will just kind of fall into place, right? Yeah. Because if you were present with yourself as a human, you'd be like, oh, I feel like shit right now. I should get better sleep, right? Or if you were present and actually tuned into who you were, you'd be like, I should eat actual food sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, and you'd feel and you'd feel your body telling you certain things like, oh, maybe I should move around a little bit. Listening more. is the, the toughest part. People need to be taught to listen. To hear themselves. To hear what their self is saying. Like, look yeah. internally. Because, like... What your environment is, is an expression of what is inside of you. Yeah. Right? It goes back to like why, you know, parents don't even realize what they're doing to their kids because yeah. it's just a manifestation of the internal parenting. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like, it's hard if somebody got a shitty dealt of cards that was handed to them. Yeah. Like they've, you know, they're a product of rape or they've yeah. been emotionally and, emo emotionally and physically abused or they come from an environment that is against everything from them yeah. to break out. Right? So like... That is the difficult part. And, yep. and I don't know, like surrounding yourself with uplifting people is going to help Although you realize that. And this that. is controversial, I think, what I'm going to say. But we also, we live in a society. Man, I don't know if I've said this out loud before. Say it out loud, yes, yeah, in the podcast. <laughs> in a way, thinks it's okay to like acknowledge the hardship and be like, okay, well, I'm just going to like bubble wrap you so that you don't have like... Oh, this horrible thing happened. I'm so sorry. Like, you should just live in that horror for the rest of your life. And that's okay because, like, it was bad. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to tough love people when horrific, like, literally horrific things have happened. 
but you're doing that person a disservice because you're turning that horror into their identity and into a permanent victim of whatever it is versus being like, that happened, that sucks. But you still have the potential to... Accept you know, and move on. Yeah, accept, move on, whatever you... Transcend, transcend. whatever you... But, and it's still a part of you. I'm yeah. not minimizing that it occurred. Right. But we do have a tendency to just stay in the like... Yeah. Whatever occurred five years ago, that shit, like that's who you are. That's yeah. how I'll always see you. Yeah. And I'll make you relive it every day. You know, I have a, a hard time like coming off to... Like talking about that and coming off as uh, too insensitive... Yeah. Like I would just, I, I sometimes say like, yes, it's awful. It's awful. But like, how do we move forward from there? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute, this is too soon. You're being insensitive. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't want to ever come off as that. But at the same time, like I'm a thinker to where let's fucking try to heal. Yeah. Well, speaking right? of Paul Selig, I listened to him on J, JP Sears. Podcast. I listened to the whole thing. Yeah. And so what did, what did, one of the things the guide says, guide said was you cannot be a master and a victim at the same time. Yes. And that, or was it a victim and a master? Either way, it it's makes just, it's true. Like it's true. I can't live in the trauma of whatever happened to me yeah. and be able to help others. Yeah. Like I can't. I, you can't how do, do I do both? You can't. Can't do it. And it's it's even like I think part of this is cultural though because we're both sitting here as Americans. <laughs> There's probably other cultures that would be like, yeah, that's true, and we're gonna say it all day long, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But us, we have this like sympathy and like empathy, or we're like, you stay in that. You're affected. Of course, you can't go to school tomorrow because. This terrible thing, you know, it just that's that's probably a bad example. That does sound insane. Okay. Me, me <laughs> but you get what I mean. No, like, me and John were talking about this. John Benaducci. Oh God, and Bellator. John's been through everything in the world. Yeah, and you want to talk about somebody going through hardship to, like, right. you know, triumphs of winning in in, yeah. in Bellator, like you know, bankruptcy to doing this, sleeping in his car, and right. all that stuff. Like he's hilarious. He goes, it's like, dude, fucking kids today are soft. We're so soft. Yes. And he's right. He's right. And you know why? Because we do too much of that coddling. Yeah. Like, don't worry. I'll make your bed for you. I'll make sure that you get food. Oh, you want me to bring your water to you? That's I'll fine. bring your water That's to fine. you. You want to be sad today? Just stay home. Don't and, do anything. And you know what? Like, me too. Like, part of my my upbringing, my mom was a little too catering yeah. to me. She's like, Daniela, don't worry. I'll clean up this. I'll do that. And you know what? It fucks me up today yeah. because I'm yeah. a little lazy in a lot yeah. of those aspects well, so John, that I've been relied on. You know? Well, and John's like just an amazing human, but there's a world in which I meet John. So I met John for the first time this fall and it took me a while to hear his whole story of like, like, so he owned a gym, mm-hmm. he lost his gym, mm-hmm. he was bankrupt, he was mm-hmm. homeless. And he was killing it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a world in which I meet John and he's like, tells me a story and say, John's like still homeless. I look at him and I'm like, of course you're homeless. These horrible things happened to you. Like, and you're just going to be homeless because these terrible things occurred. And that's totally justified if you never do another thing in your life because these bad things happened to you. And we would just sit there and smile and nod Mm -hmm. and talk about the past. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, I feel so bad for you. Mm -hmm. Now what? And no, and I wouldn't even say now what. I'd just be like, clearly that's your state of being. And I accept that because that was hard. But that's not what anybody needs. No. (laughs) <laughs> we as as humans we have uh like this genetic makeup to keep going yeah. and keep and keep developing and find more ways of enhancement so like that to me is super interesting if someone can go from homeless to winning in Bellator and being the oldest fighter to win at, at Madison 39, Square Garden at Madison at, Square don't forget Garden. the Madison Square Garden yeah. yeah in front of thousands of people yes. not to mention on TV Yes. And all that shit, like that is unreal. Like the possibilities are endless, and we just gotta let ourselves know that possibilities are endless. And going back to what Joe Dispenza talks about, it's like you have the ability to choose yes. how you feel, 
about something and let that genetic expression push itself out into the environment so yeah. now the environment can manipulate towards you now here's where I've been thinking about all of this and where I can kind of contribute my two cents into the quantum navigating the and writing down the map to navigating the quantum state yep. is this whole balanced approach, right? Exercising with unconventional tools, okay. like a mace, like kettlebells, like doing body weight, doing anything offset, forces your connective tissue to wake the, the imbalanced parts up. Yep. Like, yo, your hips fucked here. Your shoulder's messed up from here because of your hip. Your neck is messed up here. So like all this alleviation of the spine right, and decompression of, of the spine, you're, you're, out, out of, yeah, you're out, out of, of balance. Com because of the, the, the of stuff, the stuff and, that we do all, yeah. all day, the bad habits that we have. Yeah. So like, I wanna teach people these movement patterns so that they can wake up their body, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, get in your body. Get in your body. Get in your body. Right? So like yeah. the more you balance your joints, your spine, your connective tissue, your muscles on a lever system even, right? The more that we can teach our brain to become more parasympathetic through breathing, yeah. through the movement, yeah. through the, the resistance and, and strengthening back of the muscles and the bones and all that, right? That will all in all teach you to become more balanced physically and mentally if you're doing the regular breathing yeah. and meditation, yeah. right? So now if you're more balanced from a systemic standpoint and, and everything is, interpreting information around yep. you, I feel like the environment will teach you how to be. Well, you're more attuned to You're more attuned, So I do right? think of this a lot. I think of that, what I just said, was get in your body. And I don't have a great way to describe it, but there were definitely times in my life where I wasn't in my body. Mm -hmm. Like I was here, I was super in my head. Mm -hmm. I had no appreciation for the physical body that I had. Mm -hmm. And I do, your body's how you interface. Like what is it like? It's the, it's the meat suit we wear right. to interface with this reality with that this we're realm. in. Yeah. And if you aren't really grounded in your body, and I wish I had a bet, maybe you have a better way to describe it. It affects your ability to just. I don't know if it's like succeed in this world or to even hear yourself. Sure. Because you can't hear yourself you can't hear. when you're out of tune. So when you're out of tune, you distort the signals yes. that are coming towards you, yes. right? Which triggers certain emotional thoughts and, and, and ways of feeling, yes. which you become addicted to. And a lot of them are negative because you feel like shit. Yep. And then again, you manifest the reality of yep. that's inward, right? Yep. So now, as we take the tools, right? We learn that body weight flow, these movements mm -hmm. that are offset these balancing things where, where our joints, which have its own fucking nervous system within yep. itself, yep. now start to become balanced. Now, you're you're interpreting the information clear. You can hear so it. Now, you can hear, you can hear it, it right? So now, like, you practice these meditations with a strong, balanced frame. Now the thoughts that start coming into your head are like, oh my God, super inspiring. Now I'm getting chills a little bit. Yeah. Like, super inspiring thoughts that if you listen, start to take in the information, now you can start making the appropriate adjustments, right? Start telling yourself, oh, I'm in this state where I can really start to manifest my thoughts. And you just kind of be, and the things that you put in place will unfold yeah. in the now. Because well, it's like this, it's a crazy continuum yeah. of present. So I think that's right, but I do think there's different, multiple on-ramps. So I think, for some people, it might be a physical pursuit that uh -huh. gets them more attuned. For uh -huh. others, it might be like, I really cleaned up my nutrition. For some people, if you just don't sleep, it may be... But, the but check there's, marks But are there's there. all of these different ways, but I think one ends up leading to the other. I know for me, and I 
so I've been really into like I did bar stuff, mm-hmm. just, like a bar studio. For, like going to the bar and yeah, drinking alcohol. Yeah, drinking drink tons of alcohol. No, <laughs> like uh, like the ballet bar, right? B A R R E. I was working out. I didn't feel that grounded in myself. Like I don't know how to describe it. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I got probably in the better better shape than I'd been in previously. Mm-hmm. But for me, it wasn't until I really started focusing on my nutrition that my like like my head cleared and I could start tuning yeah. into myself. Part of the checkboxes. Yeah, yeah, and then it got me more into like my body. Even though I'd been doing physical stuff, I still I wasn't ground. I don't know how to describe. I just wasn't grounded in myself. Like totally. that. And the, and, and, and like you said, like the on ramps are different. So like maybe yeah. somebody's sleep isn't on point. Someone's nutrition yeah, isn't on point. Yeah, maybe it's meditation that starts. The on. breathing and the meditation yeah. piece. Like there yeah. are all these factors that have to like be. And I think aligned. it depends on how off a given thing is. Like for a lot of people, and this is you know working with a lot of lawyers if you don't sleep start with sleep like if you don't sleep and you're gonna you're like oh i'm gonna start going to shred 451 or whatever it's mm-hmm. called i'm gonna start working out an hour every morning i'm like that's insane you're gonna mm-hmm. blow yourself yeah. up yeah you need to go to sleep yeah. at the end of the day it's like the chronic stress that we put ourselves on under the more things that occupy our energy, yeah, that is all distorting the information around us. Yes, right. The information that we're supposed to be listening to—it's distorting yeah. everything. You can't hear yourself. You can't perceive perceive stuff clearly. And then, at worst, something's gonna break. In yeah, you. exactly. You're gonna blow yourself up. Exactly. So, like, again, find ways to align those things back up to where you're, you you listen and say, hey, you're a little stressed out because of these things. And maybe you have to be honest with yourself and say, well, I guess all that time and effort that I put into becoming a lawyer isn't exactly the optimized yeah. way that I need to live right now. Yeah. So I need to make a change. But a lot of people will, will never no, make... No, because there's inertia. Never, there's yeah. inertia there. There's I've But I'm already so far down this path. And yeah. that gets us with everything. That's everything. like... Like we see that in the macro with our lives. But we do that with like little stuff where you're like, oh, left my keys over there. I guess I'm not going to go because I'll have to walk back five feet. Like we don't even want to do it in the Dude, like... we totally like, do. Oh, Holy this is $40. Shit. I need to return it. But oh man, driving all the way back to the I mall. might as well just eat it. I might as well just eat the 40 bucks. I might as well just stay in the same shitty job because I... We do that I've... with our life. We do that with our lives. And it's... Oh my I forgot God. That. I forgot that. There's like a, a term for that. I forgot what it is. But if you can overcome even 10% of the time, Dude. you're like, you're killing it compared to other people. It's such a simple analogy. My mind is fucking blown right now. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, of course we do do that all the time. Yes. And, and I'm, that's why some, I'm, maybe it's sunk costs is the something like that. Like where you, you, you overvalue sunk costs. So when people, people who change careers are really good at being like, yeah, I know I was a doctor for 10 years, but like I'm only 34. I plan to live to 90. Yeah. Maybe I will go ahead yeah. and go back to school. Hi. No, we're, no, we're in the middle of something. Thank you though. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Another time. Thank you. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, no, but the, they'll they'll overestimate the value of sub costs. So so that's why people are like, well, I'm 38. I kind of hate what I do, but like, I'm midlife, so I won't change it. And it's like, no, no, you're gonna live another 50 years. Do you want to be more 50? than that? But still, but you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. people are just like, no, I'm kind of old, and you're like, um, no, you'd be better off quitting everything and going back to school and being happy for the next 40 years. It's the programming, man. It's the way that we see things as we go through and the longer we like just go down that path and sweep things under the rug yeah the more we sweep things under the rug and we know that we are you know subconsciously it's there we know we're sweeping shit under the rug but i I truly believe one of the rules of the universe is that 
there's a strong chance the universe will make you deal with it. It'll make you deal It'll with it. It'll make you deal with it in some way. In some way, right? And a lot of it yeah. is cancer well, and disease that, It might and manifest sickness. in the body, but actually John and I had this discussion once where it was like, and maybe the nudge first comes as a tiny nudge that you're unhappy. Maybe it's like a tiny thing happens you should listen to. It starts as a whisper. Yeah. But if you don't listen for 20 years, you're going to get hit in the face with a two by four. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it's so important, man. And like... Again, we go back to how much people are willing to admit them. This is yeah. why I'm a, such, I'm a huge proponent of cannabis, yeah. right? Because, and I really don't feel that anyone under the age of 25, like not a developed brain, should be doing anything psychoactive. But if you're over the age of 25 and you're able to legally rent a fucking car yeah. and, and get your rates lowered in insurance, <laughs> right? You have, that means you have a developed brain, hopefully, that could take what cannabis, the psychoactive component, is actually doing for you. In my opinion, and maybe this is true or maybe it's not, but I think cannabis, the psychoactive properties, force you to listen to the things that you're sweeping under the rug, which is why sometimes it makes people feel so it's uncomfortable. It's a way of getting there. It's, it, a, it's, a, said, it's a resource. Yeah. Like, these things are resources for yeah. us. And if you're able to, to understand that, then mazel tov. But it's not a necessity it's at you all. Said, there's like four or five different things that come to mind with, with what you said. Um, and so for me, you know that like I don't, I haven't done anything. No, you don't right? do anything. That's, but, and that's I read, great. but I read about everything. Yeah. And I will say, so my views around psychedelics in general, like Aubrey Marcus has obviously done a lot to help me learn more, but I did read Michael Pollan's latest book, mm. How to Change Your Mind, and mm -hmm. I've read a couple other things. And I, I come from like a pretty liberal background, but I will say I do have a much deeper appreciation for all the kind of like LSD madness, the like teenagers are doing this and how it changed, you know, like the cultural mm -hmm. view on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it's a shame because I do think it's people that are older that really could benefit from. Like, I think it's that person who's stuck in their life and is 42 years old mm -hmm. and needs to get a different perspective. But because they've heard that 16 year olds go do crazy shit on LSD, they're never going to try it. Right? Totally. Um, or, I mean, it, there is there's a great amount of danger that comes with these substances if not taken respectfully and with you know under the right proper protocol the set yeah. setting well, like all there, that it's interesting like there is and then there isn't because we we can have that argument about how like alcohol is far more dangerous than even like certain like very psychoactive you know like whether it be like psilocybin or lsd or whatever yeah. or mdma yeah. those alcohol will actually kill you it's responsible for death and disease all <laughs> well, the time decision-making you yeah. can die from withdrawal from alcohol you can't die from withdrawal but whatever so you i just i just thought about that that briefly but i think the discussion about consciousness because what you're saying is it's something that elevates your level of consciousness mm -hmm. like and it's one one it's a resource one thing. um and I, my impressions from what I've read and just my own life experience, I think there's a lot of things that can help you get there, but, and even though I haven't had the experience yet, it's becoming undeniable to me that a lot of psychedelics do seem to, I don't know if they're like, the way they connect the brain or what the analogy is, but they do seem to be really effective with the right set and setting at getting you to a place where you can, whether it be dissolution of the ego or being able to have be more of an observer mm -hmm. and that's really really powerful because i've even started to really question the whole notion of consciousness as we know it which traditionally is like well you have a brain and your brain creates consciousness 
Um, or as Paul Selig says, we're, we're just antennas. Well, that's right. And so I find in. that more and more compelling. Um, this notion that actually the whole like materialist notion of like, well, you know, the earth was formed and then there were rocks and then there were plants and then poof consciousness came into being. Um, once again, it's another thing where if you dig into it, no one actually knows what consciousness is. Even like hardcore science can't tell you what consciousness nope. is. We don't know. We, we haven't figured it out. We don't know. Uh, so the idea that perhaps there is a much, like, a large collective consciousness that you are tuning into and you are just one aspect of, or mm -hmm. I've heard the analogy of say it's a river and you're a little whirlpool within that river, but may, maybe something like, whether it be cannabis or psilocybin, momentarily allows or you to meditation join, or meditation exactly causes you to join the flow of the larger mm -hmm. river mm -hmm. even for a moment mm -hmm. and then you go back to being your little yeah. whirlpool yeah makes i mean i i get it yeah and then, and then back to the whole like why it's important for your body to be sort of a clean vessel mm -hmm. so that your tuner is operating mm -hmm. optimally yeah well we go back to a clean vessel it's yeah. just tuning in and recalibrating the nervous system yeah yeah. And that's it. That's it. That's like that's our attunement to the greater collective, mm -hmm. right? Like from personal experience, like psychedelic drugs teach you that everything is one, and one mm -hmm. is all, and and mm -hmm. and a, an immense feeling of like crazy love. Yep. You know, it's like a, a crazy amount yep. of like, wow. Like I can't. Like that's. There's. We don't have yet the. the again, I say this multiple times. The, you have yet the, the real vocabulary to explain this stuff. But like, the more I piece things together and balancing. It's, it's ineffable. Yeah. There's no words. There's no <laughs> words. It is like unconditional everything. Right? Yeah. It's just oneness, right? Yeah. And like, it's everything and nowhere, yeah. <laughs> everywhere and nowhere, all simultaneously happening, and the embodiment of all this, like creates this polarity it creates agency and it gives us an opportunity to recognize ourselves as one and it's just so yeah. wild like that's paul checks things but by the way the levels of consciousness are me first you're very like wrapped up in like yep. a child it's all yep. about me yep. and then it goes to we and then it goes to us yep so you start with the individual then you go to the to yep. everyone we're all yeah yeah and then like it's funny that like i'm all into like spinal health and all that and you know, the chakra system is all along the spine yep. and the more balanced those joints are in the spine is and like you get to that seventh chakra, which, which is like the crown chakra, yeah. which is global consciousness. Yep. So like the more you're balanced, the thoughts that do enter are coming from this global collective, yep. which like spark those ideas. Yep. And if you're you know, listening, maybe those ideas are something that you can bring down in this tangible 3D Newtonian world uh -huh. and start to keep creating out of love to make more of a better environment for the other people, which innately are an extension of you, mm -hmm. right? Well, sorry, this, I was, as you were saying that, it made me laugh because so about a year ago, I took a Vedic meditation class with um, an instructor named Light Watkins, who's becoming relatively well-known. He was in Chicago, I go to this class, and he's fantastic. He stays very practical with meditation as here's like the real life, the like, on the ground, these are the benefits. But as he's teaching for the, it's like a couple hours a day for four days, I know he can go into all, like I know that he could go so just far out there because he, it's it's Buddhist and he's like been to India. And so as you were like, so you actually like show the levels of the chakras in your system with your hand. That just made me think, I wish I could hear light just like riff on like, 
Christ consciousness, this global consciousness, like the seventh chakra being like where you've elevated your energy up to a point that I just, I don't know. I just, nerd, crazy. I just nerd out over yeah, all of that. Yeah. So well then like below that is the yeah. third eye chakra, right? Yeah. And there's so many ties with DMT and tryptamine drugs, the third eye death and dreaming and being born and, and like birth itself. Like it's all coming back to this DMT that's, that's yeah. secreting from your, your DM, from your, your third Which eye, from your pineal gland, right? Back to the, it's, it's endogenous. Like we actually make we, it. We, we have it. Right? Yeah. We, we know, like we know in rats that they make it in their lungs and in their liver. Like yeah. if you listen to enough Joe Rogan, he talks about I'm that. Sure he does. he talks sure about does. that all the time. Yeah. And like that's really, you know, it's to me like you can't ignore this. Like how do you fucking ignore this? No. You know, like so like. I, I've always found myself to be an intuitive person. Like I, I vibe off people. I'm very like a, a people person. I'm eccentric or what's the extroverted, yeah. right? So like I vibe off that peop the people's energy and, and the environment's energy. And like I think there's something to that. And the more I've become balanced in these movement patterns, right? Yeah. The more I've learned to, to maneuver the mace and and the kettlebell and flow and and do the stuff that I'm I'm loving, like flowing and teaching yep. and, and all that stuff, like. The more I feel like that's a real thing, like yeah. I just get. Well, you just asked, how do you ignore this? And here's how you ignore it: you are a product of your cultural conditioning. You don't question anything, and anything that's a little bit different from what you've encountered, you deem to be irrational and weird. And you're highly, highly materialist, and you're scientific without ever reading any of the science or trying any experiments to see what actually changes your quality of life. That's how you ignore it. And that's how many people That's ninety percent of the people. Yes. You know what I mean? And they get to say that, well no, I'm just I'm just really scientific and you're like, Well, it's funny because I don't I mean I wouldn't say it like this, but it's just a lot of people who say that, they're not exactly reading studies. Because no, when you do just, start digging into that, you start seeing all the things that support, all the yeah. things that you can't deny. What yeah. like about the human body or yeah. I don't know, energetic resonance or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And just like experience personal experience like yeah. I, I a, another reason why like I mean it goes back to the whole my, myself as a high school teacher like I just don't jive with not being my authentic self yeah like I just really feel strongly that if I don't like endure the things that I truly fucking want to do then I'm not living my best life hashtag living yeah. my best life I'm just <laughs> I'm just not and like I know it and I know it in my, in my soul in my gut that I just gotta fucking do the things that I I really feel inside and like talking about this stuff and, and yeah. meeting people like you and doing and doing and say fucking yeah, just going I'm just gonna build my own classes yeah. I'm gonna build my own workshop I'm gonna do my own business but I'm I love gonna... that your foundation's very strong though you're talking about your parents so yeah. a lot of people oh, it's, it's so I think, big I mean I really do think ultimately humans tend to be wired the same way but it's just the level of, like bullshit you have to go through mm -hmm. to get yeah, to yeah. your so if yeah, you're yeah. somebody who's innately distrusting of others who's learned that if I am who I am bad things will happen to me who's been taught that repression mm. and maybe like traumas affected mm -hmm. who you are it can be a much harder path but mm -hmm. even then that person still I mean it's like the hero's journey right like that person is still gonna have to go through their own hero's journey mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of are they gonna do it when they're 18 are they gonna do it when they're 38 are yeah. they gonna do it when they're 65 yeah are they gonna do it five minutes before they die they could they could like yeah, yeah. it's just I mean I, and that's why I'm so adamant about doing this teaching and like keep growing with this stuff and keep piecing things together and tying things together and keep collaborating with other people and that, that are doing similar work so that, you know, we can find better ways to articulate this stuff and, yeah. and have it be information that's digestible and not just that, but like use them as a resource to where we, when we do find ourselves becoming unbalanced, 
and yeah. we do find ourselves distraught and stressed out to bring it back and use these tools that we can because yep. our bodies heal itself. Well, and also we have, I, I have to say, there's so much that we're just rediscovering, things that we've known about, that humans have collectively known for thousands, thousands and thousands of, thousands of years. And it's interesting, because I, I think when we first met, we talked a bit about this, just the whole like, like the Joe Rogan effect, maybe the Aubrey Marcus effect. And I think it gets knocked sometimes as this like bro-y, like white male thing that some of it we've known for a long time and it's like more than a nod to the Eastern world. Mm -hmm. But I'm just happy it's coming back up again. Yes. In any, in any, and I'm sitting here talking as like a black woman, right? Like for it to come up in any context, it's hard for me to get upset. I'm just like, I'm glad the message is being delivered. I'm glad that the people who are receiving it, I think right now need to receive it because we live in this like, me too world of toxic masculinity where men are constantly and i say this like raising two boys yeah. i feel like men right now are just being targeted in a way which is like highly outrageous for me to say like for me to say that is super controversial and people are gonna be and it's and don't get me wrong we've all been dealing with our shit like whether it be women or ethnic minorities or whatever but i love seeing consciousness like a, a group that's so focused on elevating their own consciousness for the betterment of everyone and mm -hmm. i don't give a shit yeah. Like who who is saying it or who is doing it? As it's long great. as you're into the we, you've moved from the me to the to the us to the we. Like I'm on board. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So like to close this out, you and I like, I we can say that we attracted each other's energy to yes. be here, you know, and doing this podcast and doing the classes. But like, who are some of your go-to podcasts that you listen to? Oh. And like, who can? Because I mean, I'm saying this because you recommend so many good things yeah. to me and books and pocket, and we do that back and forth all yep. the time. Like we're constantly yep. talking with each other. Yep. I call you my soul sister. Yep. I love yep. having, yep. Yep. I love yep. having like this type of connection with people. So like, what type what am of? I'm super into right yeah, now. Yeah. What what sparks your thought processes and and what is your some of your podcasts and your regular real besides the Danny Cole podcast? Obviously. Um, other than that, <laughs> um, those I listen to twice. Um, a couple of th so a couple of people and just podcasts or people that inspire me um, or books even or just, books yeah. well the power of now I don't know Eckhart I might not Tolle. listen to anything else this year somebody like what did you read last year I'll be like oh I just listened to the power of now for yeah I gotta times. get that I gotta get that so that's that's major right now um, the un untethered soul Michael Singer untethered his, the untethered soul. soul and the surrender experiment are fantastic okay I listen to um, I love Sean Stevenson the model Sean show. Stevenson baby. I used to be and I say used to because he's changed his format a lot but I still love him as a human um, Rob Wolf in terms of just like Rob Wolf learning the basics about and same like and Mark Sisson like I wouldn't be sitting next to you right now if not for Mark Sisson. I told you that was the first podcast I ever listened to of Joe Rogan was Mark Sisson. Was it really? With Mark Sisson, Joe Rogan, it was like episode 800 something and remember I told you earlier that I was a 220 pound fat ass. That's what's that. No wonder we Dude, have so much in common. I listened to Mark Sisson first and he's talking about genes baby genes oh and you can change your genetic expression yes. based on the fat that you yes. put in and you know watching your carbohydrate intake and then you can he's, use fat for fuel and you can go into the bonking phase if you're using too yeah. much carbohydrate like he's, he's the, the man. man i had like well we can talk more later but i just had a lot of like hormonal issues from being a vegetarian for 15 years mm, interesting and nobody no mainstream medical anything wanted to help me back in 2006 2007 and it wasn't until i found mark Sisson that it all started to make sense and i could mm. just take control so He's he's in there for sure. So you're back to eating meat? I stopped, yes. I was vegetarian until the age of 20, 
six, okay, and so then I started eating meat, so I could go a lot more low carb and go primal. And Your jack is fucked, by the way. Oh, you do really well I, with my glasses. <laughs> so that seems a lot coming from you, but yeah, um, yeah fit, I, very fit. I'm very. I'm, I'm Melissa Hartwig. Um, she's the co-founder of the Whole Thirty. I'm actually going to a Whole Thirty coaches thing nice. in a in a couple days. Nice. But um, she's great, and then of course I listen to Aubrey Marcus. Um, there's so many things like it's a, uh, Gary V. I love it. I feel v. like that's really cliche right now because everybody does. Yeah. But I think people have Gary wrong, by the way. Everyone who cites him as like the go, 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 work your face up, that's not actually what he's, he's saying. So if you, if you listen tune, to him, man. that's like the Tao of Gary V. If you really listen to what the yeah. dude is saying. Um, but I do have a pretty heavy podcast rotation. And I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, what am I going to press play on while I'm getting, like, I'm showering? Yeah. And that's how it tends to be how I start my day. And I'm going to regret, I'm missing some good stuff. I feel bad about it, but. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kyle Kingsbury. Oh my God. Obviously. obviously. He's such a nice guy. He's just like the nicest dude too. He's great. Um, I love listening to comics. Oh, really? Listening to comedians talk because, okay, so like aside from the health and fitness stuff, like. Yeah. What comedians bring is this crazy authenticity. Oh, I and believe like, it. And like when comedians are like mainstream and really good, it's because they're speaking their truth and people relate yeah. to it. And it goes back to becoming balanced, yep. right? Like in yep. doing like an authentic endeavor. Yep. Like I fucking am so attracted to the way comedians talk with one another on podcasts. So like Joey Diaz. Yeah, I've heard of I haven't listened to dude, his podcast. Dude, he's like, he's, like, he's like, I'm a raunchy, dirty yeah. club comic. I don't give a fuck. That's what it reminds me. I also listen to a lot of mind pump. Like, mind I get kind pump. of broy in my. Yeah, you do. You yeah, are very yeah, like yeah. a bro. Like listening to and, white uh, dudes like yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, stuff you should know. Which stuff is you two more know. white dudes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're putting like race and like gender on this, because you know what? If you keep doing that, I'm offended, and we're gonna stop. Yeah, this. I know. We're then we just can't. This isn't gonna work. We can't be friends. Like if we can't look past that shit, then what are we doing? Here's what I will say because we've talked about this before. As I analyze myself, and I think part of it is I've had a closer relationship with my dad growing up. I think okay. I tend to be more attracted, not like I'm not even talking the sexual way, but just like to the masculine is like mm-hmm. who I vibe with. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of like I have an unusual number of guy friends compared mm-hmm. to most women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then particularly in the health and wellness space, there aren't a lot of people of color who have who are at like the level of a Mark Sisson. Interesting. They're just Sean like, Stevenson. Sean Stevenson is one Sean of them. Sean T, Love but Sean like, T. but there really aren't that many if you like started doing the math. Mm. But no, there's something there in terms of what what resonates with me, like what messages get delivered. So like, it's kind of a thing. Cool. There's a thing there. Yeah. Man, I uh, we can talk for days. We could, and we're going to <laughs> just we, not online, like, just not on a podcast. Yeah, we can talk for fucking, and I, there's definitely going to be regular podcasts with you because <laughs> like this is fun, like. If, you know, we can make this a once a month thing where we yeah, can just like after a class, awesome. get coffee, maybe like, you know, bring in another guest. Also the after, yeah. after the class makes me feel vulnerable because I'm like, oh my God, what's Danny going to do in this class? I'm going to get on this podcast. My voice is going to be all raspy and like, uh, like Danny just kicked my ass for yeah. an hour. Well, if you want to like do it outside of the time where we do, we do well, the I'm class. Just, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm I find your class is wonderful. And that's well, the thing. You. I don't know if you've had anyone on who's taken your class. Um, That's a really good question. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Maybe like in the beginning when I had a handful of my free classes, when a lot of my friends came, like my brother's been on my podcast. I will just say what's impressed me is that you have really good pacing, so I leave feeling like I did something, but your mission is not to kill people. You 
and it, it shouldn't be a surprise, but I didn't know you till two, three months ago. Yeah. You have really good mechanics, and you have like you have good mobility. Mm, like you. most dudes can't like touch the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and so for when I saw that, I was like, oh, like the fact that he's able to move, and you also have a lot of like energy and confidence in your classes, Thank which you. is not a given. Like that's just not something that everybody's gonna have. Well, thank you. I, it's it's again, it's something that's in my in my soul. Like, yeah. It's in my DNA to teach and like just provide that type of energy where it's like empowering, and that's that's like the uh, end result of where I want to get to. Like, I have really strong inclinations to, to build workshops. Yeah. Like Steel Mace Oak Park is like the first part of like building yep. uh, an optimization workshop that's global. Like I'm no, thinking, okay, like so like I'm thinking big and the end result is recalibration and empowerment mm -hmm. because I go to, you know, like an Onyx cert and I go to a primal soldier cert and I do the Viking ninja certs and yeah. like those are our weekends or workshops where the energy is contagious between the people for like a week. <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. and like I talk with people that and relationships are built from these workshops that go on for a long time. Like I did the workshops at, at on it or at at, uh, at MSP and like those guys are becoming my friends. Yeah. And like, you know, they are my friends. Like yep. we've done podcasts, we've done shows and like they've like a lot of my my education has come from them and that's a fucking crazy thing that's come from a workshop. So like mm -hmm. with my eyes, like with this whole movement becoming a little bit more parasympathetic recalibrating the nervous system like i want to put this all into one steel maze kettlebell body weight meditation tying it with the chakras and then using those things to navigate the quantum state how love can it. you get what i'm saying how can we, i don't totally get it you don't totally, but i still love it but here's, <laughs> here's another thing like I, I need, it's a lot. Like it's a lot. What you're saying is a lot. I need to have these conversations in order to like break this down a little bit further to make a, an eight-hour, two-day, eight-hour workshop, yep. weekend workshop to where this could be digestible by a lot of people, yes. right? And it, it's an, it can't just be all hands-on and kinesthetic. There needs to be a little bit of like visual and and, and lecture yeah. and, and like maybe like collaboration and dissecting of things yep. because everyone's coming from a different place. So like, but at the end of the day, it's about recalibration because we're all under a ton of stress mm -hmm. in this high strong society and empowerment yes. for people to realize, hey, I have the power to I have change. Control. I have control I do. here. I'm I do. in charge. Yeah. I can choose the way I'm thinking about things yeah. and I can choose the reality I want to live in. Yeah. And that's real. Yeah. So like, that's the type of shit where I'm going with this podcast, where I'm going with my classes and my work and like leaving academia. Like I specifically remember kids like asking me because, you know, my, when I was at Ridgewood in Norwich, like they didn't ask me to come back. Like in, mm -hmm. I started in August. I thought it was my dream job yeah. in 2017. February comes around. I'm sorry. We're not going to have you back. Okay. Okay. All right. So then I go into this whole training thing again and I, I kind of like re-establish wow I have this ability to change people's lives as far as like weight loss and, and mindset and getting off you know antidepressants and stopping alcohol and doing all this stuff I'm like wow this is kind of powerful but then I get sucked back into the academia world yep. again right and what happens as you know it didn't, yep. it didn't work it out again to work out. sorry we're you know thank you for your job but we're not gonna have you oh okay all right well now that like I'm definitely, as for now, like I'm, I'm not ever gonna go back into that academia world. Kids have told me, and other t t people that I've encountered have told me, it's like, 
dude, you're bigger than all this. Yes, like that's what they, I told you. Yeah, you, like, exactly, right? You're, I remember kids saying, Mr. C, like, you're bigger than this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, really? It wasn't meant to work out. I had to meditate on that. Like, and it didn't work out for, like, weird reasons. Like, it wasn't like, oh, because, yeah, it was just like, like I said, you know, well, I didn't say, but the universe will conspire to put you on the path you're yeah, supposed to be on. Yeah. If you let it. And if yeah. you want to force it and keep trying to have teaching gigs, some might stick for a couple of years, yeah. but I bet overall it doesn't work out because you're not supposed to be doing it. Our mutual friend, John, and, like, I'll start, I'll end this way because, like, you, we started this way. Like, you, Alexis Robertson, is, you're like a, you're a connected piece. Like, you mm-hmm. connect big time thought patterns to big time people that connect together and like make more shit happen like that's really special that's really special so i you know i really feel like you're a huge uh, conduit to all this like you're taking information like your information vibes with me and a whole other people that are going to be connected and that's like a special special thing so like i I can't thank you enough for all this i appreciate that i do what i can but to have Danny in real life and not just be someone on a podcast mm. is huge. Yeah. We're in person together. Yeah, yeah. No, like that likewise. Like that's that's really fucking big for me. But John John was saying, um, it's like I, I have control, I know what I'm all about, but I also leave a little space for the yes. universe oh to do god. its work. Oh my god. Right? Yes. So like that's where I wanted to end it. And you connected me with John and like you connect so many other yes. brilliant people I have to together. say one thing about that, though. Yeah. So John said that to me a while back, and it really hit me. And he's so right. Because when you try to control too much, and you're, if you're someone who's like, I'm going to schedule every minute of my day, you're leaving no room. You can't. Yeah. And you have to. And he's so right. And just yeah. like, you're not leaving room for that like conversation with the barista that like just made you smile, so you were nicer in that meet. Like, you have to leave some space. And he's, he's yeah. 100% right. Yeah. And I really, like, I really took that to heart. And... He's a fucking interesting dude, and like, I'm so glad that I get to cross paths with all these different people. And the podcast is actually is a great networking tool for me to keep connecting with all these people, and it's amazing. And I'm not gonna stop doing this shit because I fucking love it. And I think that's it. Where can people find you? What are like? How about this? Where what are some of your uh, personal, uh, short-term and long-term goals? Oh man. Where do you I've... want this? Like, where do you want to go? Like, how do you see your? How do you envision yourself doing um... all this and keep connecting people? Because I think that, you know, as somebody who has these big inspirations and goals, like you're somebody that can do this on a bigger piece and a bigger it's funny. level we'll too. We'll see what we'll see what happens. I tossed out a lot of the typical things when I left legal practice, to be honest. So I'm very much into just focusing on having whatever inside like the intuitive whatever like whatever my soul is interested in having that match the outside and that's going to take some years but that's like my most basic goal um mark groves who's someone worth following on instagram has this line about following the intuitive pulls of your soul mm. that third eye that is really what and we all kind of know that feeling whether you call it the third eye or you call it whatever you call it spirit yeah. or you're religious or you're not you do know you have certain things where you're like this is irrational but i have to do this so I am focused on letting that stuff like come into the actual world. Otherwise, I mean, I'm on Instagram, so it's Alexis underscore Robertson. And beyond that, I mean, yeah, I have kids, I have a house, I have a mortgage. Like there's certain things I have to do, but mm-hmm. I try to weave in the stuff I really enjoy. And as a result, I've been meeting some very, very cool people that's it, along dude. the way. And yeah. that's about as good as I can hope for. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. And just kind of let's see, see how things just kind of unfold and... Just kind of being in that eternal now. Yes. And just kind of, you know. Just trying. Just, yeah, trying, trying or not. 
Yeah. You know, you or try, no, you're right. Or not. You try too hard and, uh, you know. <laughs> Leave some space for the universe to work. It's the fucking damn polarity of everything. <laughs> Fuck. That's it, everybody. Peace. And that's the podcast, everybody. Isn't she awesome? Follow her on Instagram, Alexis underscore Robertson. Just try to keep good people in your life that inspire you to keep growing. That's that's basically the gist of this podcast. It's good for health. It's good for a lot of things. Let's connect on Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness. Check the show notes, balanceholisticfitness.com and get a ticket to my Steel Mace 101 class. I will also be doing a 90-minute Steel Mace workshop at On Your Mark on the west side of Chicago, October 26th at 11 a.m. Well Vibes Organic, Howard Howard Bowens, Body by Bowens will also be there with me. In the show notes, there'll be a link to a ticket to that event as well. Just bring good people together. Positive vibes. That's it. See you soon, everybody.